today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie Sitting your first Leaving Cert exam, arriving at work with no clothes on, losing every single one of your teeth. (laughs) Dreams can conjure up extraordinary scenarios and they've long been a source of fascination for most people. But what is the real purpose of our dreams? Well, joining me now to talk more about this, I have GP and mental health specialist Dr Harry Barry and from our Limerick studio, I'm joined by Dr Anne-Marie Craven from the Department of Psychology at the University of Limerick. And thank you both for being with us on this dreamy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Now, Harry, um, will you explain to us what dreaming is, first of all, so we get a handle on it? Yeah. What what is a dream? Well, a dream is a kind of a short burst of kind of images or stories created by our mind or our brain when we're we're asleep. Uh, These episodes last about 18 minutes, maybe something like that. We get about three to six episodes at night. And they mainly occur, really, this is really important, actually, they mainly occur in the second half of, of when we're sleeping. So the last four hours of sleep. So in other words, the first four hours of sleep, we have non-REM sleep with non-rapid eye movement. And during uh, sleep, during dreams, we get rapid eye movement. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we, it, it, uh, dreams are these kind of uh, crazy dreams. They're, they're, they're mad. So when someone mean? gets yeah. up in the morning and says, oh, I was dreaming all night about X. You weren't. You were yes. dreaming for no, about 18 no, minutes. No, no, I, actually, it's, oh, it's that you remember the last dream you had. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually what was really That's what's on. happening. Yeah. So, um, Anne-Marie, I said that a lot of people are fascinated and intrigued and interested in dreams. It has always been the case, though, hasn't it? That people have been have been really interested in, in dreams and how they work and what they're telling us. Yeah, it's been, it has always been the case. People have been really interested in dreams and really early historical ideas uh, suggested that dreams might be divine in origin, so they contain messages communicated from the gods. And over time, we have more modern perspectives. So what what came after that might have been what Harry would talk about, the psychoanalytic perspective, so that dreams uh, represent wish fulfilment and ideas that we would like to see happen in some way. And Freud and Jung would have been really key figures in this. And that led to a lot of discussion about dreams and the meaning of dreams. But we've come a little further than that again and we think more about uh, brain activity during sleep and how that might relate to the creation of imagery and what the functions uh, of dreams might be. So the neuroscientific perspective has helped us understand a little bit more again than those early perspectives which which weren't really quite accurate. Mm -hmm. But they did inform, didn't they, a lot of our thinking and understanding around dreams, Jung and Freud, Harry? Yes, uh, I think think, uh, Freud, uh, uh, although he gets a lot of grief Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, and sometimes rightly so, so uh, I think uh, Freud at least was the first guy who said, look, these aren't portents from the gods. These are images coming from our brains. So in fact, in that sense, he was actually right. But Freud actually believed he, he was very interesting. He believed that our dreams were kind of un, un, like repressed or unfulfilled wishes in our subconscious. And that only he, of course, was able to interpret them. So he spent two years uh, writing this famous book where, as to how to interpret them. Uh, and of course, it became a big deal then. Do you know what I mean? It formed part of psychoanalysis, the, the analysis of your dreams. And then his, his, his buddy, uh, Jung, uh, who ended up uh, having a row with him, really, uh, Jung was his student. And Jung kind of had a different view. He believed that dreams came up from what we call the collective unconscious, which he believed was something which was passed almost uh, through the human race every time a child was born, it, it automatically got this uh, selective uh, or uh, unconscious uh, or what they call collective unconscious. But of course, both of these were shown uh, to be totally vague. 
uh, they, like if you give the same dream to uh, five or six psychoanalysts nowadays even, do you know what I mean? They'll probably all come up with a different, a different interpretation. interpretation. It was very vague, very general. Uh, and of course, from a neuroscientific point of view, uh, nobody's ever been able to find, for example, uh, the collective, the source of the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. So very, very much, uh, although it was the, the, the in, the in, and it's still, by the way, there are still lots and lots of people who really believe strongly from a psychoanalytical point of view, the dreams will really give them a lot of information about their lives, etc. But I think modern neuroscience has really brought us into the, shall we say, the modern world. OK, well, maybe, Anne-Marie, yeah, you yeah. might talk to us a little more about that because we have more modern ways of looking at our dreams, which we, you've touched on a, a moment ago. But what sort of perspectives have they given us on what dreams are, are for and whether mm. they're useful or not? Yeah, and I think Freud and Jung really got a conversation going about the human mind. That's really valuable. But as Harry points out, uh, how they went about their studies is not really a scientific approach, right? So we have more scientific approaches now. And I should say, of course, uh, dreams are still very, very difficult to get at, right? Because even if we are measuring brain activity during someone's sleep, we're still relying on them to report the content of the dreams uh, or whether they had a dream at all to, to really know. And of course, people are forgetful. They might might uh, rep- recall some details, but not others. So dreams are still really, really tricky to get at. But one perspective on dreams that's a little bit more modern is that dreams consist of bursts of visual imagery as well as bursts of emotional experience. And the dream part then is the integration of these. So I like to think of it as, imagine you um, are having these bursts of visual and emotional experience. It's almost like you're on the phone to someone and the line keeps cutting out. So you're getting a little bit of something, right? A little bit of input. But the dream then is you making sense of that. So in the same way you might be on the phone and hearing somebody talk and it's cutting in and out, you might get the gist of it. You might uh, put a meaning on what they're saying. And the dreams we have during our sleep are us putting meaning on these bursts of visual and emotional experience that happen together. So that's one perspective on dreaming that's that little bit more modern. So Mm. does that then tell us that what we're doing, Harry, and this has been said so many times, is that we're processing what has happened to us in our in our recent past or maybe in our in our long term. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's very interesting, you know, there was an assumption for many, many years that dreaming, which mainly takes part in the second part, you know, of of the night, there was an assumption that this was simply like replaying what happened during the day. Mm -hmm. But very interesting. We've now discovered through neuroscientific research that less than 10 percent of what happens to us during the day is actually is actually happening during our dreams. So in other words, it's obviously not just replaying the uh, the, the, the what happened during the day. So the, the modern approach is because we know the amygdala, for example, this is really key to me in my area. Do you know what I mean? The amygdala is 30 percent more active when we're dreaming. Uh, the amygdala is our emotional mind and it, it's the guy in charge of our stress systems. It's the guy that's pumping out the adrenaline and cortisol and panic attacks and, and anxiety and all the rest of it. So, it, 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 so what's happening is the emotional part of the day is being remembered, but the contextual part of the day is, is not. So the modern approach really is that there are two critical components to dreaming. Why do we dream? That's really in a nutshell. And the, the, the first one is the key one in my area. It's emotional regulation. Because something very interesting happens that during during the periods of dream, the brain shuts down noradrenaline, which is our kind of a, our fear hormone. It's the only time in the whole night that it sh- in the whole day actually that it shuts down for those periods noradrenaline. So noradrenaline, therefore, it, there's a very calm atmosphere going on. So the fight or flight is gone. Yes, that fight or flight is gone. So what happens is the brain literally dis- uh, dismantles the emotion of the day from the contextual memories of the day. 
So if you go to bed, how often, Claire, have we gone to bed and we're having a, a real row with, with himself or herself? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and uh, in the morning, we've had a really good sleep and we wake up in the following morning and we're much calmer and we're much more sensible and we can sit down and have a sensible discussion about it. But if we have a very bad night's sleep, we get up in the following morning, we're, we're angry, we're irritable and we're still uh, fighting with each other. So, it, uh, so emotional regulation is what happens to us actually when we're sleeping. So it's a critically important part of the human condition that we're able to calm ourselves down do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? and prepare for the following well, day. What about people though who find their dreams very upsetting and disturbing and wake up feeling not calm and relaxed well, but very this stressed? Is very, this is very interesting from my point of view because two thirds of dreams are probably anxious dreams. So suppose you have general anxiety. I have lots of people who've come to me over the years uh, complaining of general anxiety with you know worrying, catastrophizing, and physical symptoms uh, like fatigue and all that kind of stuff. But the the ones that come to me most distressed are the ones who t- come in the morning. I can't understand. I'm waking up in the morning. I don't even have time to worry about anything, and I'm shaking and sweating, and my stomach is not. There must be something terribly wrong with me. But of course, then when I explain to me, look, all this happened to you is just before you woke up. You had a very anxious dream and your amygdala was pounding out cortisol and adrenaline. So the adrenaline burst that you get your heart going fast and shaking and sweating. A very simple, uh, normal um, physiological stress response to to anxiety. And you might have a memory of that You have no memory of what happened to you because your memory of the dream is gone within 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. Uh, and therefore, all all you're experiencing is all the physical symptoms. So, so many people are so relieved God, that's great. Do you know what I mean? So it's really only that. It's really only my dream. And then you teach them flooding techniques how to manage that. And that's the end of that. Uh, that's the end of that. You <laughs> get on then and deal with her. Amory, can I can I ask you um, from your perspective whether you believe, from what you know, if the dream content actually means anything? Yeah, so I would be in favour of saying it doesn't really. Um, There might be some exceptions to that. So if somebody has a diagnosis of PTSD, for example, and they're having recurring nightmares about about trauma-related content, so that probably does mean something, right? It's reflecting their past experiences. But in general, the content of our dreams is not as as important for most of us as the process of dreaming. So that process of dreaming and making sense of material in our sleep is important, but the actual content that we relay or that we remember in the morning is not so important for most of us. Mm-hmm. Now, it's really fun, of course. Harry, are you going to disagree with that? No, no, I'm not. I actually <laughs> huh? totally agree with Henry. I think she said, right? I thought we were going to have a round yeah, there. No, We'd no, be no, dreaming no, no, about I'd be really keen to hear a disagreement on it. But, yeah. uh, but certainly what's interesting, though, is that most people would disagree with me, actually, because uh, even though even though we we're quite scientific in our approach to these things if you do a survey if you do a survey of people a lot of people will attribute quite a lot of meaning to dreams still mm-hmm. so imagine you're about to go on holidays and you're taking a flight and you've a thought a, to- a thought in your daytime life okay god what if there's an accident now or what if i'm delayed right You don't really think much more about that. But if you had a dream where you were delayed, a lot of people would ascribe a lot of meaning to that. So studies have found that people ascribe a lot more meaning to dreams than they do to their thoughts every day. So I find that really interesting. Harry, you want to come in there? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that's very interesting, Anne-Marie. And I I think it's fascinating. And I, I couldn't agree more to you. I think so many people really believe their dreams are really, really important. But I think there's a second key part to dreaming. And that's our creativity and problem solving. And this one I actually really love. So what actually happens is the hippocampus, which is our memory part of the brain, when we're dreaming, is very active as well. 
And it's this guy, he stores the memories of the day and he then he starts to bounce them round again, right around the brain. In other words, something has happened during the day and he, he bounces that against everything that happened to you in the past. It was back and forth. It's the most nutty kind of uh, shunting out stuff all over the place. But what comes out of that, which is extraordinary, and it, is, it really is a wonderful mystery to me how it happens, is we get creativity and we get problem solving. So if I have a problem that's really bothering me or something I'm trying to come up with, an idea that I'm trying mm-hmm. to kind of come up with, I often go to sleep with that and I wake up the funny morning and the answer is And there. you've solved it. Well, we should so value, we should value our dreams. <laughs> Harry and Anne-Marie, thank you both very much. Good to talk to you again. Let's take a quick break. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.